Hello and welcome to a very spooky tsunami pre-flight. It's very witchy. Yeah, they're not always spooky. Not the not the witches we're talking about. I think witches are varied in their in their level interpretation. of interpretation. Yeah, well, very witchy. Occult. A witchy episode. Okay, it's our second witchy episode because when we when looking back, we realized we had done a slight variation. Slight variation because we had talked about witch in episode eighty seven. We did this witch was, favorite. Witch this is like story. two years ago, so no one of who's watching now probably we are currently saw that. on episode one fifty nine. Wow. So of our own show. Yeah. Yes. I mean, what else I, would we possibly be talking about? I don't know. I've, so, I've eighty weeks ago, mm. we well, also talked witches. Talked witches and witch hunter Robin, and we're talking witches again. We are. So, um, let's talk about the movie that brought us here today. Uh, I don't know where it is on the list of number paste, thirty. Number thirty on paste uh, list of the best anime films of all time. Uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Uh, directed by, of course, the great Hayao Miyazaki, produced by Studio Ghibli. Um, so this movie came out after Totoro, and, yeah. and was in '89. And at this point, Studio Ghibli was a huge force because Totoro was a big hit. And this is also it's based on sort of a, a children's story. Yeah. Um, and it has a lot of Miyazaki hallmarks. It, of course, has a strong heroine. It has a European seaside town. It involves a lot of flying, and it's just sort of it, it's it's pretty fantastical, but it's the most grounded possible version, I think, of a fantastical idea. Yeah. Like if you're going to imagine, if your story is a teenage witch who goes out to increase her powers and has make her own way, loses right. her path and finds it again. It's a very slice of life. Yeah. Moment. It's a very low key. Miyazaki film in terms of the stakes it's really just yeah the world's not coming to an end right it's just can she can she is she going to be able to make it on her own and be a successful witch which is what she wants like yeah. that's really the stakes but even with that it's a like it manages to be a wonderful journey um, it's one of my favorite Miyazaki's I put it above a lot of his other more sort of adventurous ones because I just, the vibe of it is so great. Yeah. It, it just, even the first scene which starts with her lying in the grass just looking at the, at the sky listening to the radio is just immediately like ah. It's soothing. Yeah, sure. and I watched it with my daughter quite a bit when she was like six, seven. Um, so uh, let's look at the you know, weirdly, so this movie obviously the US version was, there was a, a version done by Fox then there was a version done by Disney um, and weirdly, there's not really a tra- the the Disney trailer is not out there in HD for some reason, really? and it's only a minute long, and it's just like the song from the film that Disney had made, so it's not really representative of the movie. So what I've got is the subtitled in English Japanese trailer. So we'll watch that, and then I've got a few other little interesting Kiki-related things. So let's check out the trailer.
女の危機ですこっちは黒猫のじじここに住みたいんです私は元気です Even the trailer is like as low stakes as humanly possible. It's、yeah. just like. It's fun. It's a, here she is wandering around the town, staring out the window. Hopefully she'll work it out. Wistfully.、Like, yeah, I mean, so the overall story is that Kiki is turning, I think she's supposed to be 15 or 13. 13. Yeah, so she's young. But when,、uh, in witch families, when witches turn 13, it's time for them to leave home and go make it on their own. As a witch and sort of test themselves in their powers. So Kiki grew up with a, a mom who's a witch and a dad who's just a regular dude. And she turns 13 and it's her time to go. So she lived in a small town and she basically wanders until she finds this sort of bigger seaside town that's really like the city for her. And so it's really about how she, she ends up. Creating a delivery service with this bakery where she basically delivers cakes and stuff with her broom. And then the real drama in the, in the movie is that as Kiki slowly gets a little bit more mature, she also starts to doubt herself. And evidently, your ability to fly as a witch is very tied to your ability to sort of just. Believe in yourself、yeah. and not question yourself. And so it's definitely a movie about adolescence,、um, but it's very sweet. And it, I mean, the vibe of that promo is pretty right. It's pretty relaxing.、Um, but I think this is, this is cool. So I found there's a. So Kiki in Japan was a massive hit.、Um, there's still Kiki toys.、Yeah. Still, it's not as big of a hit. It's not Totoro, as, but it's. It's not Totoro, but it was a big hit.、Um, and it.、Uh, It still reverberates through Japanese culture. There's very, in the last couple of years, there's been a live action adaptation that did well,、um, and Kiki's just sort of a part of Japanese culture. So I found this cup of noodle commercial that envisions Kiki as a slightly older young lady、um, that sort of continues the story and then is just like, cup of noodle. The sequel.、Uh, yeah, so check this out. This is the Kiki's Delivery Service cup of noodle commercial. キキ17歳この気持ちうまくお届けできますか今青春に魔法がかかるトンボ届け物があるのキキ大好きハングリーダイズカップヌードル<笑>
I think that blurry stuff at the end it was like local ad break stuff like get the, your cup of noodle yeah. at the local at Joe's like noodle shop or whatever <laughs> um, so that was it it looked it it looked like it was made by at least the production company that made your name but I know they do commercial work um, but so that imagines uh, her and her boyfriend from the movie sort of aged up a little bit um, and drinking, I guess, lots of soup. And then just for those of you that are curious, I thought it would be interesting to see the live-action Kiki trailer, which stays pretty true to the vibe of the um, original uh, film. So let's check that out. かじられた。かばの。かじられた。今だ。痛そう。はい、マジだ、ケビンです。驚いたな。どうやって飛んでんだ。ありえねえよ。仕事なんかの国ありませんけどね。うちのパン屋だって3年はかかったよ。あなた
that uh, was well reviewed but didn't do well with audiences. And a little aside, I talked on Twitter back when this movie came out about how great it was, and the rapper Earl Sweatshirt, who follows me, just hit me up and said, "Bro, that shit was trash." And still to this day, two and a half years later, people are liking that comment. So clearly, it didn't. Oh, and did he watch it? Because of your endorsement, or he was he negating. He your... literally didn't elaborate beyond that. Like he once in a while will like something I say, but this right. was the first time he ever was Said like, anything. "I gotta say something," and he was like, "That shit was trash." The other weird thing is Chili from TLC, right? Who also follows me? I talked about that movie. She also, who has never tweeted me before or since, felt compelled to reach out and tell me. That shit was terrible. So clearly, so it if you're a musician, yeah, clearly, who follows Jason, yeah, two watch, out of two, don't do watch not the like witch. And they've never the spoken to me since. So maybe I even drove them away um, from even do you ever think speaking you're to me. <laughs> no, they still follow me, but I wonder if I'm muted. Yeah. Like, ugh, if he's going to tell me about Disgusting. the witch. So the witch is the story of a uh, young woman in basically. I guess it's the 1600s. It's Puritan era England. And she lives with a family and her, her father has basically become an apostate from the church because he was so uh, judgmental of everyone in the town and their hypocrisy that he felt like the only way that they could be true to live as God really willed was to move out into the sticks and be on their own. And basically they're outcasts from the town because everyone's like, well, he, that guy's an asshole, you know, like, so, So he is a horrible, domineering person who believes everything that he's doing is God's will. So it's a lot about uh, the oppressiveness of religion, depending on your religion and how you choose to interpret it. And also it's about how shitty it is and was to grow up as a young woman in a male-dominated society. That's very much the message of the movie. I mean, ultimately, um, a witch that lives in the woods near where they live steals her little brother, the main character's little brother. And she starts being blamed for it by the family and they start thinking she's possessed. Um, and, and, and she actually is being possessed. The witch is calling her and basically for her, they make the case that this is actually a liberation because she doesn't have to be a servant of this asshole in this horrible, male dominated culture where she has no free will and she can go off in the woods and murder people and be free. It spoke um, to me. So for me it's sort of a hero rising story, but obviously I look at it differently than say Earl Sweatshirt or Chili. Um so here's the trailer. It's a really scary movie. Whether or not you have any feelings about the whatever themes. you want to call the point or the themes of the movie, I think it's a really well done creepy movie. Yeah. But it's creepy as shit. Yeah, it's really creepy and there's a great the, at one point, Satan speaks to her through uh, their pet goat, and he's called they, the character's name is Black Philip. They have a black goat that speaks to her, uh, and I love Black Philip. He's my personal mascot. So maybe not for everyone, but if you're into any of these ideas, you're I think not a successful <laughs> musician. Musician, I think you might you like it. So, so let's check out the trailer. It's a really good trailer. What went we out into this wilderness to find? 
leaving our country, kindred, our father's houses. For what? For the kingdom of God. Let us pray. weird they didn't have a rose blur button. <laughs> Bro, that <laughs> shit was trash. Um, so taking everything in terms of legends and scary stuff about the witch and using it as a really effective metaphor for what witches probably actually were, were women that were being oppressed. Yeah. Um, so next up, we have a 1960s classic that I, I it, it was top of mind for me because it just got re-released. Because you just talked about it in an episode. Because you know, I talked about it two years ago. It was top of mind for me because it just got re-released in a on Blu-ray in a remastered edition and is currently touring the country in small theaters. Uh, and that is, of course, Dario Argento's classic Suspiria. Uh, it is a one of those blueprint sort of defining horror films. It's an Italian horror film called The Giallo that came out in the late 60s. And Dario Argento is obviously a, a very well-known director and master of the form. This is probably his best and best-known movie. The lighting in particular in this movie is insane. It's like super neon. I mean, the entire movie, The Neon Demon, really only exists to copy Suspiria. Like, obviously... Um, some directors have been super strongly influenced by Dario Argento so it's nice that this movie for years it's been available in Europe but I don't know why rights issues it wasn't here but now it's been re-released so this is a trailer for the film that is actually a fan cut trailer but I think it's it, it's a really good one it's sort of take this this YouTube account takes old movies and recuts them sort of modern style trailers and this movie I think lends itself really well to that 
don't get too freaked out by the dubbing because uh, it's an Italian film like Spaghetti Westerns. They would just have people come on set and speak whatever language they spoke and then dub it yeah. afterwards. And we'll figure it out. Sometimes it was English, sometimes it wasn't. So that's why you'll see some weird dubbing. Um, so let's look at the trailer for Suspiria. It's useless to try and explain it to you. You wouldn't understand. It all seems so absurd so fantastic all i can do is get away from here as soon as possible susie banyan our new student welcome to our academy something terrible truly horrible has happened one of our students was murdered last night by some madman. It's a frightening story. Poor Pat. I was Pat's friend. That poor kid ending up like that. I can't even think about it. She was telling me something when you suddenly showed up. I heard you saw her yesterday evening. She was saying things that made no sense. She got scared and she ran away. And then she was killed. Steps are going to the right somewhere inside the school. Maybe we can find out where they really go. Do you believe in witches? They are malefic, negative, and destructive. They can cause suffering, sickness, even the death of those who have offended them. Seventy-seven. So, uh, um, but yeah, actually, this movie is being remade uh, this year by the director of Call Me by Your Name, Luca Guadagnino. Um, so, hopefully, he's got a lot to live up to. But he's a great director, so maybe he'll do something interesting. Um, and then finally, this is a movie that uh, came out in 2016 as well, and is maybe the. It's a very black comedy, but it's still the lighter side of witchdom, <laughs> and that is uh, the Love Witch. So The Love Witch is a 1960s style film. So it was um, written and directed by a woman who's totally in love with that 1960s style of filmmaking. So she shot and cast the movie and has everyone acting like it's a 60s film. So it's 
very much feels like something straight out of the 1960s on purpose. And it concerns a woman who is a love witch who basically goes from man to man, making them fall in love with her. And then when they get on her nerve, she kills him and moves on to another one. So it's a very black comedy, uh, but it's a very funny movie. Um, I liked it anyway. I don't think Earl has any opinions on it. So uh, let's. Well, after you fucked it all up, I know I did. I blew it. I totally blew it. So let's check out uh, the Love Witch trailer. After Jerry died, the cops wouldn't stop harassing me. They couldn't prove anything. They actually thought that I killed him. Anyways. San Francisco got to be a really bad trip after you left. And that's when I remembered you had that extra apartment. Hey. Hi. I'm Trish. Hi, Trish. Well, what do men want? Just a pretty woman to love and to take care of them. Love me. Love me. What I'm really interested in is love. You might say I'm addicted to love. You want to take a girl up there now? <laughs> you want some? What is it? I met this great-looking guy. I used love magic on him. And he got really weird on me. All these emotions started flowing out of him. And he got really... Sick. What is it, Wayne? What is it, baby? What a pussy. What a baby. Wayne. Witchcraft is just a way of concentrating energy. You can only work with what's already there. I just use sex magic. Great love magic. <laughs> Sometimes it's almost scary how strong the love gets. And sex magic, of course. So total fun. 60s, 70s style witch movie. Uh, I think it's pretty funny. So those are some of my favorite, again, nice. still my favorite witch Continuing movies. <laughs> so far, uh, I took a slightly different approach. I decided to talk about different movies than the last time that oh, we did it. I, I see. Interesting. Um, a left turn, if yeah, you Yeah. I mean, yeah. just a different take. Sure. Uh, first for me is Black Sunday, the 1960 Mario Bava movie, not the 1977 fly blimp into the Super Bowl. I did a promo movie. for that one. It's one of my first promos really? I ever did. Yeah, the one with Bruce Dern yeah. and uh, Robert Shaw. Yeah, the yeah. the book is called something else, but whatever. Anyway, um, so this movie starts off and it's like the 1500s or 1600s or something, and there's a witch and her lover are thrown out of the little village that they're in and are killed 
and they put a crazy mask on and a spike through it and that's going to sort of contain her for all of time until uh, a doctor and his assistant come along and their wagon wheel falls off and they go in and trip over themselves and <laughs> accidentally cut themselves bleeding into this mask and she comes back to life uh, and then the shit is on as the witch starts wreaking havoc nice. on European 1800s um, this movie was super violent for the time it was banned in the UK and so violent you had to be at least 12 years old to watch it in the US and that's just the difference in the way <laughs> things work between the two uh, nation states um, but they've recently put out a Blu-ray remastered of this and then put back together because even in the States uh, it was censored a little bit but this is the opening scene um, that I sort of it's already spoiled but let's check it out and see where it goes century, Satan was abroad on the earth, and great was the wrath against those monstrous beings thirsty for human blood, to whom tradition has given the name of vampires. No appeal for pity or mercy availed. Brothers did not hesitate to accuse brothers, and fathers accused sons in the frantic attempt to purify the earth of that horrible race of blood-devouring assassins. But before putting them to death, human justice anticipated divine judgment by burning into the flesh of those damned ones, the brand of Satan. Arthur, daughter of the house of Vida, this High Court of the Inquisition of Moldavia has declared you guilty. I, the second-born son of Prince Vida, as Grand Inquisitor, do condemn you. And as your brother, I repudiate you. Too many evil deeds have you done to satisfy your monstrous love for that serf of the devil, Igor Yavutic. May God have pity on your soul in this your final hour. Cover her face with the mask of Satan. Nail it down. May the cleansing flames reduce her foul body to ashes so that the wind will obliterate all trace of her existence. who repudiate you and in the name of Satan I place a curse upon you go ahead tie me down to the stake but you will never escape my hunger nor that of Satan the unchained elements of the powers of darkness are lying in ambush beware Griabi 
My revenge will strike down you in your accursed house. And in the blood of your sons and the sons of their sons, I will continue to live immortal. They will restore to me the life that you now rob from me. Oh, I shall return to torment and destroy throughout the night of time. So that's one of the edits they made for the states, and the Italian one. It's yeah, smashing cool. And I think it's a translation thing because they talk witchcraft throughout the rest of the movie, but then in the VO is the only time they ever say vampire, and I didn't realize it until we were just watching that clip. <laughs> and I don't know if they just were doing it. And the guy was like, they probably yeah, were like, eh, they don't do this for witches. Let's make it vampires. Yeah. Um, second for me is the late 90s Eve's Bayou from Casey Lemons, who was uh, an actress for a bunch of stuff. She's in Science of the Lambs and Candyman and um, one of the Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, Hard Target. Is that Hard Target, Jean-Claude Hard Van Damme? Hard Target, yeah. yeah. Um, I always get my Jean-Claude Van Damme titles and my Steven Seagal titles <laughs> mixed up. But Steven Seagal is something to something. Uh, the three words, not two. Mark for hard, death. Hard to kill. Hard to kill. Yeah. Um, got a little side. Or he was marked for death. Yeah, they're both. <laughs> he was marked for death, and he's and hard he was to hard to kill. kill. Yeah. yeah, and he's they're a hard target. Off the and and then the Van Damme's a hard target. Um, so this is uh, Louisiana in a sort of voodooish witchcraft tale, where a young girl Eve, the eponymous Eve, witnesses her father Samuel L. Jackson uh, having sex with someone who's not his wife. Uh-oh. And that's frowned upon. Yeah. And uh, they, it sort of spirals from there, and it just turns into... Uh, he Samuel L. Jackson is an even bigger asshole than it turns out. And so at some point, the sister reveals that he tried to molest her when she was a kid, so they come up with this plan to make a voodoo doll and torture their dad. It's a real fun family tale. Um, but this is a scene of the witch that they go and talk to. She's actually talking to their mother and uh, is trying to tell her that everything's going to be okay, that all you got to do is just <laughs> ride it out and uh, the world will take care of itself. Her sister, however, is in for a little bit worse trouble, so let's see how that goes. Stay quiet and wait. Wait. Sometimes a soldier fall on his own sword. In three years' time, you will be happy again. Three years. Look to your children. Dala. That's it? Just wait three years and everything will be fine? Look to your children. Thank you. I feel most enlightened. Good afternoon. You will write. Come on. Wait.
Some things are better left unsaid. I paid you a dollar, old woman. Now tell my fortune. I don't need no cat bones to tell your fortune, Mazelle Baptiste. You are a curse. The Black Widow. Next man who marries you is a dead man, like the others. Always be that way. Salmon Tars! You're an old lion witch! Wait a minute, can't you just like she's like, money on the ground? Gotta get the money. Yes. Yeah, uh, the sister, the Eve's aunt, is a fortune teller. And so the, mm. the great Diane Carroll tells her, you are going to continue to kill all your husbands. <laughs> um, but that movie's great, except it's also super depressing. Yeah. And um, last for me is George Romero's Season of the Witch. I haven't seen this one. Uh, came out as Hungry Wives, I think. They cut it up and released it as... Very different titles. A soft core porn. Oh, well. Um, when the reviews were that it seems odd because there's not any sex in the movie. <laughs> um, but uh, recently, Arrow Films re-recut it back together from the uh, most of the original stuff that they still had. And now it's on Blu-ray as the film. I don't know why you would bother making that as a 70s porn movie. Mm-hmm. But it seems <laughs> kind of crazy. But this is... A really, even by George Romero standards, low-budget movie. Um, and it's somewhat of an allegory, like his other tales, about women's rights and women's lib through the empowerment of yeah. this woman to become a witch and kill some folks. It's not really a horror movie. It's it's really more... Softcore porn movie. Yeah. It's, I mean, in the way that all 70s movies, it's no Logan's Run, um, but it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely witchified. So this is the trailer that Arrow put out uh, for their Blu-ray, so let's check it out. The least qualified person to understand a dream is the dreamer, which brings us to you. Oh, my God. Jeez, Tony, you scared the hell out of me. Which is tools, you know. Well, I'm just interested in it.
I like that trailer. It tells me absolutely nothing about it, and they just play Season yeah. of the Witch a couple times. Uh, weirdly enough, my parents didn't take me to go see this movie when it came out in the theater in the 70s, so I never saw the original yeah. cut. Yeah. Um, but the Blu-ray cut is a nice look at suburban, I think it's Pittsburgh, somewhere in Pennsylvania, um, life in the 70s. <laughs> cool. So let's check out uh, some, some of, of yours. your yeah. secondarily favorite witch movies. Nice. The witch... Folks love Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Uh, the Craft, Keys, Liver Service, and Suspiria. Well done, Adult Swim, for the most part. Uh, and I think probably a very similar list for Toonami Facebook's picks. Bob oh, yeah. Scooby-Doo uh, and Scooby-Doo the Witches Ghosts. And Halloween Town and Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. 90s kids. Yep. All right, 90s kids. Um, so, Gil, why don't you take us through our sneak peeks? Uh, so I always do it. I just want to see what you, see what you can do. Go for it, kid. Unfortunately, we have not been receiving timely shipments of our Dragon Ball Super episodes, so we've been unable to topically promote that show. Um, but we're asking, still showing a new episode. We're asking real hard, and we're not taking it off the air. So uh, definitely tune in for that. But we've got a new lineup promo, which I believe is cut by our own Dave Campbell. And let's, let's uh, check, check it out. It out. Toonami's here to build a brighter tomorrow. We're also here to break stuff, so either way you win. The fight for the future begins with Dragon Ball Super at 10.30. You have no chance of victory. DBZ Kai emerges battle-ready at 11. Are you really planning to fight me? I'm planning to kill you. Black Clover works its magic at 11.30. There a problem with that? JoJo joins the fray at midnight. We are in enemy territory. Gundams crash in at 1230. Is this all the might you've got? Hunter Hunter runs wild at 1. And I'll show you no mercy! Shippuden's Ninja Warriors strike at 1.30. Space Dandy warps to 2. I can't die yet! I've got too much to live for, baby! Oh, yeah! Cowboy Bebop shoots up the place at 2.30. Then reloads and fires off again at 3. Seems like every bounty's a problem. And Second Geek closes out the night at 3.30. Tsunami every Saturday night from 10:30 to 4. Nice. That's for our double bebop. The next couple weeks is going to be a little bit of shifting and sliding, re slipping and sliding uh, of some of the later in the evening shows as uh, their runs come to a close, and mm-hmm. we fire up new runs of other older shows. Um, so let's check out uh, you. This is the game review. Correct. Okay, so Gil and I have been playing a whole lot of PUBG. If you're a Friday night streaming show aficionado, you've been watching us play it on Game Humpers a lot. Yeah. And uh, spoiler alert, we're going to be playing it on Game Humpers right after this show. So stick around. <laughs> That's right. If you want more. With one special guest. Ooh, yeah. Uh, uh, Lazo's not even watching, so it won't no. matter. Mike Miss- Lazo sits in, and you hear him Head of adult swim. play. Critiques our play and tells us we're not being aggressive that enough. We're uh, sucking, and that yeah, everyone else is better. And at the we game need than to we learn are. to flank people. Yeah. But so this is the tsunami review of uh, PUBG, and this is Tom and Sarah playing around. And this footage is actually from our winner winner chicken dinner round our where first we of two. That's right, where we became number one. Yeah, well, not number one, but we won. I mean, we're not the number one yeah. PUBG duo in the world. <laughs> okay. But we did win. Okay. And we wrote a review about it. So let's check it out. There's no 
way I'm going to make it and live. But just keep going. You can make it. I think everyone is fighting someone else. Okay, but even one shot and I'm down. Don't come back for me. We're too close to the end. Keep running. No one's inside the shack. Sarah and I are deep in a round of player unknowns battlegrounds. Which, when it isn't an unplayable mess, is stressful, but quite fun. All I got are bandages. Do you have any painkillers? No, sorry. I think we are still going to be inside the circle, though. You start a match by jumping out of a plane with a bunch of other people with just the clothes on your back. You start a match by mindlessly punching each other in a holding area. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. That's Sarah's favorite part. Okay, I'm healing myself. Keep an eye out. Yes, I don't see anyone. As soon as you land, you have to forge for weapons and new outfits. Wait, I see one guy, but he's a long way off. Then you slowly make your way into smaller and smaller areas, or you die outside the blue magic wall of death. Sometimes you have to fight people right away, and sometimes you don't fight anyone until the end. This round's been a bit of both, but I think we're in a good spot. Now you've done it. Do you see that guy running? Yeah, should I pop up and shoot him? Yeah, I don't have a good scope. He's hiding in the smoke. Ah! What? Wait. <laughs> we won! What? Yes! Since it isn't really a game yet, can we give it a rating? How about Player Unknown's Battlegrounds for Xbox One gets an exciting and entertaining, but sometimes annoying, incomplete. Fired back up, jump right away, and look for a boat. The boat isn't always the answer. We have never died in the boat. Most of the game is on land. I think I see a boat. We're good. So well. not quite the dropship question mark <laughs> review, but still, uh, still pretty good. Still up in the air. Um, if it keeps going, I'm a fan. <laughs> you, might, you might see another one yeah. where we do it again. Uh, and we have a bloom room. We do. Holy indeed. moly! Nice. Young Let's, Steve Bloom in uh, Austin, Austin, Texas, at Wizard World. Let's see what this wizard has to say about his time there. Let's see if that was fast enough. Can they make the change? Can they? Three, switching to Yo, Bloom Room. I'm here in Austin, Texas, getting ready for Wizard World Comic Con. But as most of you know, my way of getting ready involves outsideness. So, right there is the Colorado River. Another crappy day in paradise. Austin's an amazing city. I didn't have much time to explore outside the con. But I did manage to find some interesting moments. You dance? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. Why Thank you. you. Well, you're like me. Somebody just says something and you do it. Yeah, I know. Amazing. Dance, <laughs> dance rabbit, dance. Nah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shake, shake, <laughs> shake, Sonora. Shake your body, right? <laughs> well, well done. As usual, the fans, costumes, and robots slash droids. Did not disappoint. Cue the dancing R2. Even had an epic photo bomb from Batman himself, Kevin Conroy. I got him back in the green room. But be careful when you bug the Batman. Hi, I'm Paul. 
And this is Steve the Tribble. Steve the Tribble. Steve the Tribble. <laughs> Named after me. Not really. But I'm taking credit for it. <laughs> Isn't he a dirt? We look exactly alike, right? <laughs> yes. Well, they look the same. Both soft Steve. and cuddly. Uh, <laughs> maybe promiscuous. I don't know. A little bit promiscuous. They do multiply. It's horrifying. <laughs> Bye-bye from Austin. Uh, well, that's all I got from Austin. My only regret, I missed the barbecue. Until next time, see you in the bloom room. It's strange because my way of getting ready is insideness, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, well, but different strokes. That's what makes Steve the man he is. Yeah. And he is the man. Thank you, Steve, um, as always. And then finally, we have this week's Adult Swim single, which is a great tune by Caitlin Aurelius Smith. Um, she makes pretty great electronic music. Um, this one's called Electronic Series One. Volume 1, Abstractions. That is a hell of a lower third. Yeah. Um, so uh, that dropped on Wednesday. You can get that at adultsum.com slash singles as well as the other 48 weeks worth of singles. It's not 48 and weeks. Come, it's 48 tracks. 48 tracks. That's true. And so come back next week for more. We usually drop them Wednesdays at noon. So for now, let's have a sample of Electronic Series Volume 1, Abstractions by Caitlin Aurelia smith Um, Hopefully you enjoyed our second in a series of which Hopefully you enjoyed the spell that we cast. Right? Man. Uh, Stick around. We're playing uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds in three, two, one, go. Toonami. Every Saturday night from 10.30 p.m. to 4 a.m. 